0: Now on to the podcast. Team Builder is offering both in-season and off-season strength and conditioning programs specific to pitchers or position players. These programs come free with any Team Builder free trial. Their software is trusted and used by the best. Team Builder has helped propel many teams to win championships and most recently the World Series Championship Atlanta Braves. Personally, we used Team Builder in my last couple of years at Western Illinois. You can get the program once you start a 14-day trial with TeamBuilder. Use promo code ABCA when you sign up for your free trial at TeamBuilder.com. That is T-E-A-M-B-U-I-L-D-R.com. This week's ABCA podcast with 2021 Collegiate Baseball News Rawlings Pitching Coach of the Year, Fairfield University's Jordan Topikman. 2021 was a magical season for Fairfield and a lot of that had to do with their pitching staff. Their starting rotation was 28-4 last year with nine shutouts and eight complete games. Fairfield was awarded an at-large bid, and if you follow the Division I landscape, you know how hard that is to do for a mid-major program. Fairfield's run ended in the NCAA regional finals. Coach Tobickman has spent time at Albany, Amherst College, and UConn. He competed collegiately at UConn. We cover all things pitching in this episode, This is a deep dive into the yearly calendar, pitch development, throwing program, drills, bullpens, practice planning in cold weather, recovery, and in-season staff management. Let's welcome Jordan Tobikman to the podcast. Here with Jordan Tabakman, Collegiate Baseball News uh, Pitching Coach of the Year. Uh, Rawlings presented that to you at the convention, but pitched at UConn. uh, Have had stops at a couple places, Amherst, UConn, Albany, and now going into your third season at Fairfield, correct? Yes, correct, yep. Hey, what did you learn from John Wilson and Jim Penders?
1: John Wilson, yeah. No, um, growing up, uh, playing with his team and the Twins, um that was an unbelievable experience uh what he provided for us and you know in new jersey with that with that travel team i mean he exposed us some you know to to some of the top talent in the country and i think that prepared all of us as we headed into uh you know into college ball regardless of what level it was and he was um you know just little conversations here and there with john just kind of preparing us for the next level and you know for some that played professional baseball I think it went a real long way for us, and um what you know, what did
0: he tell you guys to try to get you ready for the next level?
1: well, i mean he, he just I think it was more of just the situations he put us in I mean the tournaments that you know we were some of us were a lot younger playing up obviously, and you know just to play against you know some big time division one commits you know to to compete against those guys gave us a lot of confidence as we competed in that college, you know, that college church. And, um, you know, it I seemed think like,
0: I, it seemed like he had all the right guys in that area too.
1: Yeah. We had, I mean, you know, from Steve Procha, you know, to some other guys as well. I mean, just the, some of the guys I was able to look up to, they offered me a lot of advice, you know, through the whole, the whole circuit of the summer. And, um, you know, I, it went a long way. And as we got into college, I think we were just prepared to you know, go up against the best of the best and, you know that confidence that comfort level was always there just from you know the the you know, exposure we had in high school
0: yeah what about coach penders
1: yeah coach penders is, i mean the best of the best um you know what he did for me you know what he still does for me today you know i wouldn't be here without him um uconn's been a huge part of my life and you know just from the standards he held at uconn with us to you know now after college i mean he still keeps in touch showing up at weddings I mean, you know, he's from just the little details to the big ones. I mean, he, he has a obviously a really good thing going with UConn. I mean, they're at another level right now from when I was there. And it's um, it's pretty incredible to watch. It's, you know, it's fun to go back to see their new facility now and what those guys have. I mean, what what he's done there is is truly remarkable. You know, he's a big inspiration for me as a coach. And um, I'm always texting him every now and then. Like last year, we went to the regional I, uh, I sent him a text, he got any any advice, and um, it, it was so good. I had to copy and paste it and send it to our team, which fired us up, and uh, yeah, he's always, I mean, he's always there for us, always looking out for us, you know, if we call him, hey coach, can you do this for us? And I mean, he's doing it right away, he's he's awesome.
0: He's very genuine. Um, he yeah, you know, he's, he's one of the most genuine guys we have at that yeah. level, he's he's awesome. It's always been good to, to connect with him. He used to come to the Midwest a lot, and recruit so that's why he and I uh have developed a relationship just because he was in the Midwest quite a bit and and he would sneak some guys out of the Midwest every once in a while on the recruiting trail hey what's it mean to win the the collegiate baseball news pitching coach of the year award
1: yeah it's it's a um incredible honor I mean I looked at you know when when Pat Pinkman called me and kind of gave me the background info on you know what the award was and and the previous winners I mean I was in, in shock. I mean, you know, there's so many coaches out there that were so deserving of the award. So, I mean, just, it was a huge honor for me. And to see the list of names that that were previously, you know, the, the guys that won, uh, I mean, those were guys that were recruiting me, um, coaches that I look up to um, that, you know, that are some of my, you know, some mentors. I mean, Coach Kuhn, I saw him on the road. Yeah. He was a big um, part of my recruitment process when he was at UVA coach Forbes, you know, a lot of other guys as well that I look up to. So, I mean, to, to see, you know, to get that award was, was unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. So what'd you think of the pitching hot stove? Oh, it was great. Yeah. That was my first time there. Um, You know, Pat does a great job setting that up. We had a lot of great conversation after, you know, after, afterwards. And, uh, you know, you meet a lot of people, a lot of great high school coaches, a lot of great college coaches, and, and you build relationships and, I still keep in touch with some of the guys that I met you know, for the first time that night. Yeah, so I like I'll, the format that, that
0: you guys did because it was presentation and then break off into separate areas. And so hard to know what to do with the hot stove sometimes. And you give everybody auto- autonomy to run it how they want. And I thought you guys did it right because I think you get the presentation piece, but then you also give people enough time to break off. And, and that's really how the hot stove started was just smaller groups talking to each other.
1: Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, I learned a lot from sitting up there, just yeah. listen, you know, listening to the other coaches present, and then you know, some of the questions were great, and, and just hearing other coaches answer those. I mean, I, I definitely you know, walked away with a lot more information than I had previously.
0: Hey, at what point last year did you guys think you're going to be special? I mean, you're 28-4 with your starters. You know, I looked. You had nine shutouts and eight complete games out of your starters. So at what point last year did you know it was going to be pretty special?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, going through the whole season, it, it, you know, with the win streak and, and just going into every weekend. I mean, you know, we're going in playing four games a weekend. It's conference only. So, you know, we're just going in. Hey, we got, you know, let's let's win the first game. Yeah. Let's take care of the series and go from there. And, you know, we just kept winning. And I don't think, you know, I think our guys did it, such a great job staying level headed through the yeah. whole thing. Um, You know, our goal was to win the conference championship. And, you know, unfortunately, we didn't. But because of the season we had. Yeah, but you
0: played six games in the conference tournament. I mean, you gave it everything you got. And and I was going to ask you, did losing the one game during the regular season help you guys? Or was it just like, okay, let's move on to the next one?
1: I think a little bit of both. I think yeah. it definitely took a big weight off some of the guys' shoulders. You know, obviously the the support and the coverage we were getting. You know, we were starting to feel it a little bit towards the end of the season, but um, at the same time, I don't think it really affected us too much. You know, we we bounced back immediately. I think, you know, we ended up winning the next game with with a with a shutout. Our offense stepped it up, and it was like you know, the loss never happened and, you know, we just kept looking forward and that was, you know, the mentality the whole season was just the next game, you know, not what we've done up to that point. It's just the next game and our guys, you know, I mean, we had such a talented group. It was a great, you know, looking back after the season, you really, it really, you know, kind of sunk in and hit us like, wow, you know, what we just did was was pretty special. It's going to stay with us for the rest of our lives and um, you know, it was it was a special year for sure. Hey,
0: not winning the conference tournament, were you guys worried that you weren't going to get an at-large bid? I know your RPI was through the roof, but the selection committee doesn't always do the right thing when it comes to mm-hmm. mid-majors. Um, yeah,
1: it was a um, leading up to the selection show. I, I mean, I can't speak for anyone else. I mean, I was sick to my stomach. For sure, I, I didn't think we were going to get in. I mean, I was, for sure,
0: there's I was been like, teams oh. every year that deserve to get in yeah. that don't get in. Um, but obviously what you guys did in the regionals proved that you guys belonged. I mean, you had a great oh, run yeah. in the regionals, too. got beaten the, by Texas in the finals, mm-hmm. but you guys played really good in the regionals. And I don't know, anybody listening that doesn't know much about college baseball, four-game series, it's almost impossible to win all four of those games, and you guys kept doing it. Like, that was the, the thing that I was – impressed with the most out of you guys is you just kept winning four game series. And I had played and coached in a lot of four game series leagues. That's so hard to do is beat a team four straight times.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, we had a, obviously a lot of things go our way. You know, some of the games we won, it was, it was a lot of luck, you know, a lot of bounces that that went our way. But um, you know, you look back at it: pitching, hitting, defense. I mean, we were we were very good in all three areas, and we were as consistent as it gets every game. Um, the conference was competitive. I mean, there were some really competitive teams. There were great games. Um, it wasn't. I mean, obviously, it wasn't easy. No game is ever easy. But going into a weekend playing, you know, a doubleheader on a Saturday, a doubleheader on a Sunday. I mean, it, it's it's tough, but. I think our, you know, again, our mentality was just that, that game that was in front of us and our guys, you know, they stayed consistent with it. I think we prepared, you know, better than anybody, in my opinion, and and we were ready for it. Um, We had the depth pitching wise, we had, you know, four starters that, you know, that were as consistent as it gets in a seven inning game and a nine inning game. And our offense was so, you know, it was deep. Our defense was spectacular. And I think just the overall consistency of our preparation just, you know, led us to, you know, get the results we got.
0: You know, three of your guys pitched in the Cape last summer. I mean, how different are those guys? You know, in a four-game series, you're going to probably try to match up with some different looks, but how similar are those guys from each other?
1: They're, they're, they're very similar and also very different. I think they prepare at, a, at an elite level. I mean, you know, Mike Sansaw and you had Trey McLaughlin, who actually went down early but um, stuck with it, kept his head up, he was a great teammate and, and showed up big for us, you know, in the end. And then Jake Noviel. I mean, I can go down the whole list, but um, I mean, they just made each other better and they made our entire team better by the way they prepared every day. They're great role models for for the younger guys. And I think when they were on the mound, we just had all the confidence in the world. I mean, if we went down early, we knew, you know, we were able to limit our offense. Was going to step up, get some get some timely hits. Our defense made some great plays behind us, and you know, it was just they just made everyone on the team better. And I think that's why we were able to be so good last year.
0: Are you calling pitches?
1: Um, I did every now and then, but Mike Caruso really um, he ran the show. I mean, he he was he's a veteran. He he knows our pitchers so well. Um, so, you know, I was extremely comfortable. He, I mean, he, every time Mike was behind the plate, he was calling the game and he did a great job. We, you know, we had, we had synergy. So Mike and I would sit down, you know, review the lineups before every weekend and, and, you know, his ability to retain information and put that into effect in a game was, you know, phenomenal. I couldn't have been any more, you know, i was so confident with him behind the plate as long, along with the rest of our coaching staff and pitchers. So. How, how much are you relaying football.
0: to your pitchers then i know you're going to do some heavy lifting with him but then how much information are you relaying to your pitchers
1: yeah it really depends on the guy um yeah. you know our starters they're they're able to take that information and use it some other guys don't like to know yeah. they just like to get on the mound compete whatever's put down they you know they like to attack with but Um, What I like to do is really get to know my pitchers as best as possible to see, you know, what information they can handle. You know, some guys like the information, some guys don't want to know. So it really depended on, you know, each specific guy.
0: I liked going back to the video and just showing how we got guys out, our guys. I know Synergy is good because you can see a bunch of different games, but we tried to take snippets of how we had attacked guys. You know, in the Summit League, you played everybody six times. So you had a long history with guys and a lot of video libraries. So that's what we would go back to. And we wanted them to see themselves have success against the other lineup that we were facing. I thought it helped Absolutely. their confidence. I mean, everybody does it a little bit different. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it's unique to each program, how they're going to relay the information to the guys. And that's the, the art piece with, with pitching and, and catching is how much information you're going to relay and what works for the Absolutely. individual.
1: Yeah, no, video is a, is a obviously a great tool. It's a great, you know, it's great feedback. And, and similar to what you were saying, there's a lot of guys where, you know, I'll clip out, you know, the bad pitches, the the hits and, and just show them, yeah. you know, getting swing and misses, execu- executing yeah. pitches. And it's good. We do a lot of, you know, visualization work. And I think um, to see that, you know, that video over and over again of, yeah. of just success helps them, you know, in their mindset going into games, it gets their confidence level up and, I think that's definitely a big piece.
0: How are you walking them through the visualization?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of different techniques. Um, a lot of guys like to do different things, whether it's, you know, standing on the mound with their eyes closed, yep. you know, just visualizing, you know, pitching on our mound. Um, you know, I'll send them a picture of a, of a mound that they're about to pitch on at a, you know, at a way site. Um, you know, it's watching maybe a major league pitcher, you know, or themselves, you know getting success over and over again, executing pitches over and over again. It's really different with a lot of guys. I don't like to just do one set system, Exactly. but um, you know, they're, they're really bought into it. They love it. They do it on their own. Um, you know, we do a lot of, you know, mobility, recovery, yoga stuff. And, and our guys are just, they, they, they completely run with it on the by themselves now. Yeah. So they make my job easy, but um, yeah, they're really bought into it. And I think it goes a long way. We
0: took some from the military too, from a worst case scenario at times, because when they do their after action review or they're preparing, like they'll put themselves in their worst case scenario. So we would have mm-hmm. them visualize sometimes like, Hey, base is loaded here. You just walk the base is yeah. loaded and, and see themselves get out of it too. Just because it's yeah. not going to be rosy all the time for, for guys yeah. when they're out there, they're going to get punched in the mouth. So we wanted to, we wanted them to kind of see themselves work through some adversity too, with the visualization piece also.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think for the most part, we are, we are, you know, we'll have like a a topic of the day or a moment of the situation of the day where, like you said, you know, maybe it's man on second base or up one, two strike count, you know, visualize, you know, executing an inside fastball or, you know, you know, throwing a curveball out of the zone for a swing and miss. And I think, um, you know, again, our guys like to go with it in their own way, but it, it definitely is visualizing yourself in a lot of adverse situations. So, when You're in that moment, you know, it's like you've done it before, and I think that confidence goes up with it.
0: Are you having them do much shadow work in the bullpen?
1: Yeah, I mean, I like dry to reps, it, yeah. yeah, a lot of dry reps where, um, you know, we have a lot of extra mounds, so there's a lot of extra space for our guys when they're not getting off the mound that day. You know, everyone likes to get off the mounds, you know, daily, whether they are thrown or not. So, um, you know, some guys like to do it more than the others, but you know, you see Max Scherzer doing it, so you know, I just Hey, look, if the best of the best is doing yeah. it, we're going to do it too. So um, our guys, you know, they're hopping on, and, you know, sometimes they put headphones in to eliminate, you know, the outside noise or they're standing on by themselves. But yeah, they do a lot of that. And I think, again, it's a, it's a good piece of visualization that goes a long way.
0: Hey, your guys that pitch this summer, what'd you do with them this fall?
1: This fall? So depends on, you know, like, so like Mike Sansone, um, when you accumulate what he did in the spring and the summer, he, um, he he got off the mounds, you know, a couple of days a week at a very low effort. Um, some guys that came back with a minor, you know, injury, we kind of, you know, held them down a little bit. And and most of the guys we had thrown live for the entirety of of the of the fall. We had a lot of you know a lot of guys that did not get a lot of innings last year in the spring because of you know the conference only and our starters going so deep into the game. So. They got, you know, they got their summer innings in and and they were fresh for the fall. So I would say a majority of them, about 95 percent of them, you know, logged about 10 to 15 innings in the fall.
0: How are you attacking the fall inner squads for those guys that are full go? Are you one inning at a time? Are you letting them go? Are you lengthening them out? How are you handling the inner squad piece in the fall?
1: Yeah. So, you know, each week we kind of build them up and, you know, we will get the guys that typically do extend to four innings, five innings at times, rarely five innings. But, you know, we're going once or twice a week with them from one innings to two, depending on what, you know, their role is, what we anticipate their role being. But, um, yeah, we'll we'll go up to about four innings with the guys that we typically extend.
0: And then when they're done with the fall, then what are you having them shut down? Are you going to have active recovery? What are you doing with guys when they're done with the fall? Yeah, um,
1: most of them head into an active recovery phase. Yep. They'll put the ball down for, you know, I think for a few days, I think the, the way the game's trending now, it's, it's less time of putting the ball down. Yep. Guys are starting to throw, you know, they just play catch about three days a week, keep up with their, you know, their arm care routines. Yep. And then, um, you know, they all get their, you know, throwing schedule kind of I think when you know about December hits that that leads them up to um you know re- to be ready to throw live when they return from winter break.
0: How are you handling your new pitchers when they get there when they get on campus?
1: Yeah, for for the freshman, yeah. So I like to obviously get to know them very well. Um, you know, we sit down, we have a lot of one on one conversation on, you know, what's really made you successful up to this point. How can we continue to maximize those strengths? And it's a lot of education, really. It's, um, you know, educating them on, you know, the game of, of the, the college game and, you know, what the speed of the game is like, how to prepare with runners on base. I think that's one of the, the biggest struggles for the incoming guys is, is pitching with runners on base and it can really speed up on you. So that's really the first thing we attack is getting comfortable with runners on base, you know, getting your looks down, executing a pitch at the same time. But um, overall, it's really educating them on, you know, to attack it's you know again it's the same game but a little different because you're at a you know you're at a higher level now so it's um a lot of one-on-one conversation a lot of one-on-one work and it's fun you know it's fun it's it's always good to have new faces and and see what they can do
0: yeah because the the better ones in high school aren't going to deal with a lot of traffic on the bases they're just not because they're going to get guys out consistently hey are you relaying any information to your recruits your incoming guys before they get on campus
1: Yeah, I try to as much as I can and and get them as prepared as possible. So when they show up, it's not, you know, it's not really starting at square one. So, you know, we'll have conversations, you know, maybe once or twice a month, just kind of checking in, seeing how they're doing, you know, what, what, what's going well for them, what are they struggling with? And I just try to mentor them as best I can not, you know, not stepping on any toes with their, with their high school coaches or travel coaches, but the more conversation I can have with them before they step on campus, the more you know, ready they are going to be for the time they step in in the fall for for live scrimmages.
0: You know the amount of throwing I think is the difference going from high school to college. The practices are longer. That the they're gonna the volume picks up. How are you handling those conversations with freshmen because their velo is probably going to dip. They're getting in the weight room probably maybe for right. the first time and also practicing at the same time so it's gonna dip a little bit how are you handling those conversations with your new guys yeah
1: um it, it goes back to the education piece on how to monitor their their workload each week you know some days it's heavier than the you know the next week so again it's it's really i have them you know it's it's time to really start to pay attention to your body you know how do you feel the next day after a heavy day how do you feel the next day after a light day and so forth so um, you know, you do see a lot of guys coming in with, with tired arms. It's, it's, an, it's a big adjustment for them to be practicing every day, yeah. to be throwing live each week. And, um, you know, you, you do see some guys adapt to it pretty quickly, and some guys don't. So, you know, you really have to identify each guy and, and how they recover on a daily basis. And, and that's just the conversation we have, paying attention to them, you know, to them weekly, yeah. and, you know, kind of adjusting as we go. I think that's the biggest thing. I don't like to have one set program and if, if it works for you or if it doesn't, but um, it's it's really flexible and, and seeing how each guy goes because they're all different. So Yeah,
0: I was going to ask you how regimented your throwing program is for those yeah, guys. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's pretty individualized yep. just, you know, depending on, you know, the workload they have, you know, previously to when they come back in the fall, whether it's a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, um, they all, you know, thrown different amount of innings. So, it's really having those conversations, how you feeling, you know, what, what do you think you can handle? This is what I think you can handle this fall, kind of, you know, getting into that middle point and, you know, formulating a plan that best fits that individual and how we're going to move forward. What are your favorite drills? I, I like to do, I, we have foam pads. I like to do a lot of dry work on the foam pad to enhance body control, um, you know, through the movement process. That's one, you know, one of my favorites. Um, I like to get them into a, into a balance point at the, you know, when they lift their leg and to really hold that position for a while and then, you know, you know, release the pitch. I think those are the two really main ones I've been sticking with since I've started coaching two That's really helped me and, and just to be able to repeat my delivery, to be able to, you know, enhance my command in the zone um so those are my two favorite you know we throw a lot of flat grounds at at a low effort we go off the mound a lot a week at a low effort so we're staying healthy but I think that's been a big part of of why we can command baseball so well
0: hey when a guy's done throwing live what what are you doing recovery process wise are you doing anything right when they're done are you waiting until the next day how are you handling recovery for them after they're done live
1: yeah. Typically they'll get into their post throwing phase with their plyo, you know, their plyo routines. Um, and then which plyos do you
0: like? I mean, which, which routines do you have them go through plyo wise?
1: Yeah. We, we pick and choose from the, the drive line routine with yeah. the reverse throwing, you know, the, you know, that whole nine. I liked so, rebounders
0: a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We do. I, I loved rebounders.
1: Over, yeah. Yeah. The, the two main ones that I mandate is, you know, the upward tosses and the yeah. rebounders and yeah. then, some of the guys like to do some other stuff as well. Um, so, but those are the two I, I typically stick with. Um, and then they hit the weight room. And then typically the next day, it's a, it's a, you know, a mobility day, a yoga day where they're just yep. recovering, resting, and then, you know, gearing up for the, for the next start.
0: When will their next bullpen be after they throw live?
1: So, you know, take, take a Friday guy, for example, his bullpen it will be uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Um, for the most part, some guys like to go on a, on a Wednesday, but for the most part, it's a Tuesday. Um, they like to throw a short box on a Monday, so they're going back-to-back mound days um, on a Monday and a Tuesday. And then, you know, again, it's, it's different for each individual. Some like to get off the mound more than others, but um, I would say gen- generally, it's, um, you know, if a guy's throwing on a Friday, he's going to get back on the mound on a Tuesday to prepare for that Friday start.
0: If we were having a guy struggling with command, we would go to two bullpens, so we would actually go to a Monday-Wednesday bullpen set for them to get ready for a Friday. Um, It it was about the same amount of throws with those two Uh pens, but felt like some of the guys that needed more touch and feel on their stuff. Um, not everybody can do that, but that's an old mm-hmm. Leo Mazzoni thing. I mean, the Braves, yeah. threw, the Braves threw two bullpens in between a, a five-day schedule. Mm-hmm. Seven-day schedule, you got some wiggle room to be able to, mm-hmm. to get creative. But that was the thing that was always fascinating to me with the Braves pitching staff with Maddox and Glavin and those guys and some of the best command guys we, we've ever had. But on a five-day schedule, they were throwing two pens in between starts, which to yeah. me was yeah. fascinating. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Un- incredible. Um, when are you on-ramping, guys? I-, I think this is the thing that's adjusted. So when are you starting to get ready for the season?
1: Yeah, I mean, December, I would say, is yeah. when, you know, now because of such the the, the short amount of downtime they have, it's yeah. easier to ramp them up yes. quicker and because of that quick turnaround and you know they're on their own in the winter in december so you know they kind of you know it's one week of really moving the arm again you're starting to get into that long toss phase and then you know short boxes on the mound playing catch off the mound so it does go pretty quick but i would say december is really when it it starts to ramp up that's you know the prime time preseason you know phase and by the time you know they get back on campus they've been off the mound you know, quite a bit and they're ready to, you know, they're ready to throw 30 pitches alive right away. Yep. That last
0: live action against your guys, how many pitches are you hoping to get out of them before you, you go play somebody else? So before you guys get ramped up next week, what's the, what's it look like this week for guys?
1: Yeah. Our starters will get up to about 75 to 80 pitches this week. Yeah. You know, they've built up about 15, 20 pitches each weekend. So they'll get to, you know, roughly five innings, up to 75, 80 pitches yep. to uh, to get them ready for for our first start. What are you think,
0: hoping first start? I mean, realistically, it may may not go as planned, but realistically, what are you trying to get out of them first shot against somebody else? Yeah,
1: first shot. You know, from what they're built up for, I think you know it's reasonable to say five to you know maybe seven innings. I mean, seven innings if you're lucky. Yep. Um, but you know, typically I would you know you want a quality start out of those guys yep. weekend one. So five to six innings, I think. You know, if they can get through that smoothly, you know, we're going to be in, in pretty good shape.
0: We tried to overdo it, not overdo it, obviously not taxing anybody, but we, if we were hoping to get, you know, 70 pitches out of them, we actually went to like 85, 90 pitches their last yeah. outing against our guys. So then that mm-hmm. next outing, it's going to be stressful. That first time out against somebody else's is, is taxing. Oh, yeah. So we tried to go over what we thought we were going to get out of them just to make that first start against somebody else a little bit easier. I know everybody does it different because it's that first start's going to be taxing.
1: No, it is. And we, you know, we have guys like, you know, you got Mike Sansone, Jake Noviello, Bryson. That's got to be
0: confidence for you. Yeah, a lot of confidence. (laughs) And, And those guys, they can handle
1: that type of workload. You know this time of the year so we could extend you know mike to, to yep. 85 90 pitches and you know that gives us more confidence and it is it's a luxury to have those guys back yeah. gives us a lot of confidence going into weekend one you know no one who's going to be on the mound and and what they've done in the past so you know, we are excited for hey them. how do you
0: handle i mean you got a lot of confidence with those guys but i'm sure there were times where maybe you're you get to that end of their start and you're trying to figure out if you're going to let them keep going or or pull them what are those conversations like with those guys
1: Yeah. They're, they're always fun conversations. You know, they always, you know, if they're not saying they want to go back out there, we got a problem. But they are, you know, they're always like, coach, I'm good for one more. I'm good for one more. So it is, um, you know, every, every coach knows that's, that's one of the most difficult conversations. So it's it's obviously dependent on the situation, but yeah, those are always fun conversations. Are you
0: relying on your catcher for that too?
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's like, hey, Mike, what, pull him off to you, the what side. You, what do you think, Mike? Here, you know what I mean. Take the take the weight off me here. What do you think? <laughs> do you think? for oh, sure. Oh, uh, are
0: you using much tech? Are you using much tech? I know budget wise doesn't always, you know, uh, those of us that have been at mid majors, we'd yeah. like to have everything, but you just budget wise, you're not going to have everything. Is there some tech that you are using?
1: Yeah, we do. We have, um, you know, the pitching rap Soto, the hitting rap Soto. We're very fortunate at Fairfield. We have so much support from, from our alumni. They're always at, what do you guys need? What do you guys need? What do you guys need? So um, we do have the rap Soto. Um, to be honest, we don't use it um, too much. Uh, there's certain guys that I think can handle that type of information. There's other guys that, you know, I don't even want them to look at it. There's, you know, more basic stuff that I, that I in my opinion, they need to, you know, master first you know command command the ball first before we're going to be looking at this obviously that's going to help you in a lot of ways and and we do get everyone on it but um i think the amount of usage we use it depends on the guy to be honest and um you know the time that we have you know what we're preparing for um i'm just not using it as often as i think others are right now But um, again, it's, it's really, again, it's, it goes back to the individual and, and, you know, what they've done in the past, where we're at with their, you know, development period and, and what they can handle. So
0: this time of year, how much is mechanical work and how much is competitive and gotten ex- execute?
1: Yeah. I mean, this time, you know, four weeks, three weeks, two weeks going into the seat, you know, going into opening weekend, it's, it's just about competing. You know, we're still obviously working on stuff. We're taking video, reviewing some things, but a lot of it's just competing, making adjustments from start to start on approaches and going from there.
0: Do you have different styles coming out of your bullpen? S- sorry? Do you have different styles? Like, I oh, mean, we, yeah. we were like the island of misfit toys at Western. Like, We had our, our starters, but then our because of recruiting and what we had to get, we had some mix mm-hmm. and match underneath guys from the left and the right, and I'm always intrigued to find out like what you're bringing in after your starters if you have to go to somebody else.
1: Yeah, I mean we have we you know ranges in velocity, ranges of arm slot, lefty, righties. You know thought process. I mean it's it's different. Every you know every guy we're gonna roll out, roll out there is completely different, and I think that's what we benefit from. I mean we have a guy throwing you know 80, 82 who has six pitches and, and he's yeah. constantly you know, keeping guys off balance. And we have all the confidence in the world, regardless of how hard he throws to go out there and get the job done. And we got another guy, you know, 88, 90 with a good breaking ball, yeah. you know, guys from the side. So yeah, we're, we're, we're um, you know, identifying, you know what situations they best thrive in. And, and we have a lot of them and we're, we're confident with the pitchers coming out of the bullpen, regardless of who it is to come in in any situation. But yeah, like you said, from a style standpoint, it, everyone's different and, yeah. and that's the way we like it too.
0: How are you getting your new guys ready to pitch out of the pen? Because a lot of them haven't been able to do that and haven't had to do it because they're plenty good enough to be starters in high school or before they get to you. How are you handling getting guys ready to, to be bullpen guys?
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely an adjustment for them. I like to have more of our veteran bullpen guys have conversations with them on, you know, you got to you gotta really experiment, you know, at this time of the year. You know, how long does it take you to get ready yeah. when you got you to throw – you know, very quickly in the bullpen and you're going to come out with them, you know, a man on second base. So yeah. it's a lot of conversation. It's a lot of trial and error. So we're putting those guys in those situations where, you know, you're going to be coming in in the fifth inning. So, you know, kind of prepare for that. You, and then sometimes I like to not tell the guys and say, all right, you know, he's, he's going to be done after this inning. You got to get hot right now. So yeah. it definitely is a lot of trial and error. It's a big adjustment for them right away to, you know, be ready by the time it's pitch one for them.
0: Yeah. I, I, so when they're down there during the game, I mean, do you give them any stipulation on when they know they're ready? I always felt with the new guys, like they were telling me they were ready and they're probably not ready. We tried to have mm-hmm. them at least throw one batter down there just mm-hmm. to make sure they were ready. And I, I'm always intrigued to, to see what pitching coaches relay because that, that's a tough thing Like, because the new guys probably think they're ready and they may not be ready to go in yet. Yeah.
1: I try, I mean, obviously the, the whatever you have planned never goes as planned going into the game. So I try to give our guys as much information before the game as possible on, hey, this is plan A, this is plan B, this is plan C. So regardless of what, you know, what comes out of it, you gotta be ready. So I like to have them moving, you know, constantly throughout the game, keeping their bodies warm. If they are active that day, they're gonna be in the bullpen, you know, moving their arm around through, you know, almost, Every inning by, you know, when the third inning hits, kind of reading the game um, and we're communicating as much as possible. I like to, you know, make sure the guys know as far in advance as I can to, to let them know, all right, you're going to be coming in this situation. Be ready for it. And for the most part, I think um, our guys do a pretty good job of being ready for, for that situation.
0: How is your guys recruiting timeline? Are you going early with guys? Are you more junior seniors? Uh, what's your guys recruiting timeline?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty normal. I mean, we're mainly always on the junior class. I mean, if some seniors pop and and we got room for them, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to identify those guys and move and try to move forward with them. And and we're also identifying some sophomores as well, seeing who's, you know, generating that list, building that list on, on who we should follow in the spring. And, you know, if we can move on, on a sophomore, we would love to, I mean, you know, obviously you want to beat some other schools to the punch with guys that you project to be, um, you know, some top guys for you. So, you know, for the most part, it's, I would say it's the sophomore through the senior class.
0: What do you wish somebody would have told you before you got into coaching?
1: Hmm. It's a good question. Um, it's a good question. I I don't really know, to be honest. I don't know how to answer that. (laughs) I love Um, it. I I love just learning. I mean, every year you're, you're, did you get some good
0: advice early from
1: somebody? I mean you've been yeah, around I some mean, really
0: good coaches so did you yeah, get what was I some mean, of the best co- advice you got when you first got into it
1: I mean I when I was in college I I always knew I wanted to coach um you know I talked to coach McDonald you know my pitching coach from UConn a lot um yeah. hey you know I want to get into college coaching he told me I was crazy but um you know it's he you know he said it's a grind you know it's it's going to be um you know, some light meals at first, a lot of traveling, a lot of networking, but, um, you know, if you can stick with it, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be, um, rewarding in the end and, um, every year is a new experience. Every group is different, a great, you know, a a new experience I'm learning and, and getting better as a coach every single year. Um, you know, so, but, you know, coach Mack from UConn gave me a lot of great advice when I was, you know, when I was a player, I paid attention a lot um, you know, during my time in college on, you know, what they're doing behind the scenes. And I think, um, it, you know, for me, it was more just, you know, I was more of a visual learner, you know, just trying to really pay attention to how they operate in situations. And I think that's what, you know, prepared me to be, you know, a coach today.
0: Hey, with your incoming guys, what would you like to see out of them a little bit more that maybe they're not getting with high school on the travel side? What would you like to to, to get them a little bit more ready to, to step on a college campus?
1: yeah i mean um i would say just from an approach like to uh, having an approach on the mounds, i think i think the 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 level of training right now is at a at another level these guys are it's all time locked in yeah it's at an all-time high what the resources they have now i mean these guys are i I think are so talented um but what i'm seeing is the the conversations that i have to have over and over again with our freshmen are, are just you know, how to pitch really. I mean, we they, they come in just throwing, not having a plan, not, you know, understanding what it is to command your fastball on both sides of the plate, how to command a breaking ball out of the zone, yep. you know, how to attack behind in the count, how to pitch with runners on base. Yep. Um, those are the pretty common conversations I'm always having with the freshmen coming in. So I would say, you know, if I were, you know, it would be just educating them on, on how to pitch rather than just throw and train.
0: Do you have a fail forward moment? Do you have something you thought was going to set you back, but looking back now was one of the best things that happened to you? Um, Everybody has to answer this one.
1: Yeah. The yeah, 160
0: podcasts I've done, everybody's had to answer this one. Yeah, I Except mean. Except for the sports writers, so they don't have to answer it. <laughs>
1: that's a, Yeah, that's a tough question. I don't know how to answer that one either. Um I mean, just some of the conversations and the information that I give, I think sometimes I might be giving too information, you know, too much information to a guy. Um, so it's really trying to be careful on, again, what you're giving to each pitcher. And I think that's why I spend so much time getting to know the guys on, you know, how to communicate with them and, and what they can handle versus what you should probably just swallow. So I think right. that's the biggest thing.
0: Yeah. How long did it take you to figure that piece out?
1: Uh, pretty quickly, yeah, pretty quickly. I mean, I, I was a pitching coach at Amherst College. You know, you know, right after I graduated, I was fortunate to coach summer ball um, that summer, and I and I learned pretty quickly on, you know, how to, you know, what what the line is and how not to cross it with guys that are your age. And um, I think I, I adapted pretty quickly, but um, you definitely learn a lot that first year on, you know what's acceptable and how to communicate with the guys effectively so you know they trust what you're saying
0: hey where were you at summer ball coaching
1: coaching uh the cape yeah we had who are a, you a, with Born braves yeah harvey shapiro Bill harvey three summers. yeah yeah it Love was a harvey. unbelievable three summers i mean the the you know the talent that comes in there is yeah. is the best of the best and you know what the way i looked at it was i'm trying to pick our guys brains on hey what do you do at at this school what do you do at this school and i'm keeping notes and I learned so much over those three summers. It was an absolute blast.
0: Yeah, it's great. And, you know, that's the tricky thing with summer ball. As long as you send them back healthy, like I always felt yeah. like I did it five summers. I felt like if I could send them back to school healthy and a little yeah. bit better uh, then I did my job as a summer ball coach.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you want to stay out of their way. They're they're yeah. in the Cape Cod League for a reason. so. You know, it's, um, you got to be careful there, but um, I, I I could say in, over the three summers, I had, you know, the pitchers that I had, every single one of them was outstanding, great guys, and um, they're always, they're, they're always open-minded, always eager to learn new things. They were always learning from each other. So um, you know, I it, it was I was learning more from them than they learned from me. So it was a um, huge part of development as a coach for me. In, 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 at the case. me as well,
0: so getting around was... guys from other programs, coaching wise, yeah. was was great. And you're you know you get a lot more reps with dealing with a lot of different personalities. And Absolutely. you know it's fine to just be a, a you know a, a fall spring coach at your college and then go recruit. That's fine too. But for the young coaches, I feel like at least a couple summers just allows them to be able to tinker a little bit here and there and find mm-hmm. their own voice where maybe there's not as much pressure on you because it's not during the year where where you have some freedom to to make some mistakes in the summertime definitely. and and be able to find your voice and deal with a lot of different kids too it's awesome
1: yeah definitely and and they're you know those guys are coming in with so much success so you try to yep. be there for them when they do face some adversity and I think that's kind of the role that I try to take on most was helping them when they were, when they were experiencing some failure, you know, maybe for the first time. So I think that was a big piece of it.
0: Do you have any go-tos when guys lose the zone, when they lose their command a little bit, do you have any go-tos for guys?
1: Yeah, typically um, I usually say, you know, pitch at, you know, a less effort. I think, you know, I I typically say go, go to 90% for right now, you know, get to 90%, get in control of, of how you're moving. And I think, you know, commonly that's been the biggest help, you know, helpful, useful adjustment that, that those guys make. Cause when, when things aren't going their way, they trip, they typically start trying harder. Yeah. So I think, you know, at that time, less is more form, you know, yeah. get dialed back to 90%, get yourself back in rhythm. And, um, you know, that's typically my go to, I would say.
0: Yeah, the, the things we bared down on film wise was if their handbrake timing was good, if, if when their mm-hmm. knee was dropping, their hands were breaking, and then when their foot, front foot planted, if the ball was in a good position to throw from, we felt like mm-hmm. if they could do those two things, they probably were going to be around the zone. I felt like that's when guys lost the zone. Their handbrake timing got off and the ball yeah. wasn't in a good position to throw from when their foot landed.
1: Yeah. I mean, typically they're always like, coach, what's wrong with my mechanic? And, and and it's always, you know, it's typically never your mechanics. I mean, your mechanics are the exact same. It's typically always timing. So, you know, you want to, I like when our guys, you know, have struggle in bullpens. I do. I think it's yep. the best preparation to make those in-game adjustments on their own. So you like to put them in challenging situations, uh, you know, during their bullpen sessions. And I think that's the biggest, the biggest, you know, help for them to, um, you know, experience how to make those adjustments on your own. I like to stand back there not say as much, be very hands-off so they can be their own coach in a way where, you know, I'm not going to be in their ear when they're out there in the game and they're struggling. It's it's good for them to, you know, know what, you know, why their timing is off, how to fix it, and make that in-game adjustment, you know, from pitch to pitch.
0: Are you using stand-ins or strings at all in, in the bullpen?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're we're using a stand-in whether it's yep. um, you know our batter dummy or our actual hitters. They like to stand in as well and track the ball. But I mean, you're you're you're. I don't think you're getting any better with with nothing in the box. So yes. we're always putting something in the box with um, you know a batter with the string at times. Yep. And I think that's the biggest thing. I know that's, that was with the a string. Big... Are you
0: using just bottom of the zone or are you using a string for the top of the zone? I, you know, yeah, we'll we, we bottom. did a variety of stuff. We'd sometimes we'd go just bottom of the zone. Sometimes we'd go top. Sometimes we'd add the strike zone in with the strings. We just, we varied it with whatever we were doing that day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. We vary it. Um, typically we'll either have it at the top or bottom, depending on the guy. Um, you know, if it's a guy that we're working up and down with approach yeah. wise, we're going to typically stay at the top of the zone because that's a little more, you know, of a challenging adjustment for them to make. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what we're doing with the string.
0: We would use the top of the catcher's helmet. If we are trying to go above just to give them a visual to throw through. Cause I, again, I, most, most guys it was accidental throwing up out of the zone yeah. when they're new yeah but trying to teach them just some visuals and also pitch outs. You know, I think pitch outs, I know guys don't do it as much anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. We actually went to more of a modified wave pitch out where the catcher was actually down but set up way off the plate. That's so cool. it was a little bit easier feed for the, the pitchers. It's just really – the pitch out's really hard.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, it's a lot harder than you think, <laughs> uh, especially when there's a guy on third base. You know, it's really challenging, but yeah. Yeah, it's we 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 should practice that more often. To be honest, we, we don't practice. Yeah, so but well. you don't have
0: enough time. I mean, it's for yeah. Division One. Like, you don't have enough time to to get everything in that you need to get yeah, into. It's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. But
1: any go ahead. Like that dummy that we have. Like I, I put a piece of tape, you know, kind of where their hands are, and it's a good yeah. visual for them to kind of stay below that or or you know at the top of that. So that yeah. helps as well. Yeah, good enough to swing at, but not good enough to hit. Sure.
0: Hey, any evening or morning routines that you have that you like? Uh, I always like to to talk to guys about maybe something they're doing on a daily basis that they feel like help them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I do. Um, I like to meditate every now and then, and I try to be as consistent as I can. Obviously, it's um it's tough at times depending on the year, but in the morning, just to uh, really gather myself for ten minutes, prepare for the day. I think that's the biggest thing that helps me. Um, just just be ready for the day and, and how I'm going to go about, you know, communicating with our guys and you know, our practice plan going into the weekend. So I think, you know, just a quick 10 minutes of, um, you know, kind of visualizing the day meditating is, is what I've been doing.
0: Are you are you tweaking breaking balls much for guys? Are you switching to curveballs or to sliders depending on things? Are you tweaking much w- with guys?
1: Um, breaking balls, not as much, I think change-ups, yeah. um, you know, is, is the thing that I'm more comfortable doing. Uh, I was a change-up guy. Breaking what grip balls did things, you
0: use for your change-up?
1: I, I used the split change-up grip. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was never a circle change-up guy. Um, but I am familiar with... Split or
0: grip grip. more fosh?
1: It was, it was like a, like a three finger, kind of like I I don't know yep. what you, you bul- a vulcan grip, is Yes. what they call it. Yep. So, yeah, um... I feel like I'm pretty comfortable making adjustments with the changeup. So that's, that's one pitch. I'm pretty much, you know, tinkering with each guy with you know how they're holding the ball, pressure point wise, how wide their fingers are on the ball. Um, As far as breaking balls go, we use softballs. We spin the softball a lot. I think when you put the baseball back in the hand, you know, the hand, your your field get over
0: the top of it much better. Jerry Weinstein has that in his throwing program. It's, it's good mm-hmm. cuz when they get back to the to a real ball, they get over the top of the ball better
1: with their fingers. Yeah, that's been a that's been a huge help for our guys yeah. spinning a softball, I would say.
0: We tried to work off their primary fastball, like, you know, and we had some guys four seams, some guys two seams, but their primary fastball, we tried to work their stuff off that, especially with the middle finger. We tried to keep their middle finger the same and then work off of it. Uh, just for feel purposes again it doesn't always work but that was some of the trial and error if we were having a guy with getting a hard feel on a pitch we just tried to keep their middle finger the same as their primary fastball and then switch their grip a little bit on whether it was a slider curveball or change up
1: yeah no that's that's a good approach I like to in, in our bullpen sessions if they're struggling with the breaking ball or the change up I think a big thing that helps is is alternating you go fastball yes. curveball a lot of them are, you know, slowing their arm speed yep. down or not getting yes. their full extension out with their yep. breaking ball. So, if you can alternate and then blend that timing, the speed of the arm, and the release point, that's typically a, an adjustment they're able to make and feel pretty yep. um, rapidly.
0: I love to change up, long toss, and then same thing, alternate with a change up grip and then a fastball. Mm-hmm grip on their long toss with it i know everybody has their different views but I, same thing i felt like it got them through their release point better Definitely. focusing on their fastball and then adding their their secondary pitch in with it too i just felt like the blending piece was was a lot better because they could feel their arm action better
1: yeah absolutely i think throwing when you when you're working on a change up or you're getting the feel for a change of throwing it at an extended distance yep. um is is big and it helps them work through Yep. feel what it's like to, to pitch at 97% with it. And when they yep. get on the mound, you're at a shorter distance, but it's it's easier to kind of work through the catcher with it. Yep. You know, we do a lot of short box work with the fastball and the breaking ball. Typically guys struggle with the changeup. So yep. we extend the guy, the catcher behind the plate yep. a lot to Love work it. on the changeup, which which the guys really like.
0: We would have them use the back corner of home plate too to try to take their middle finger through the back corner of the plate to allow them to get a visual of, okay, let's throw this pitch down the middle right now low and just mm-hmm. see what it does. And it gave guys some confidence that, hey, I can aim this pitch. I can throw it, rifle this thing right through the back corner of the plate and let it work, and it ends up being a pretty good pitch. I think sometimes with change-ups, guys try to be too fine with it, Definitely. and it's going to fade, and so it ends up way off the plate, not where they want.
1: Yeah, I think similar to what you're saying, what I like to do is uh, move the catcher. Um, you know, typically glove side, because they're not getting that full extension. So, you know, the, the first thing I go to really, if they're struggling to get it over the plate is, you know, I'll yell to the catcher, Hey, just move glove side a little bit, extend off the plate. They feel what it's like to really extend with the changeup, really work through the catcher with it. And, and it's, it's a good feel for them to, uh, to make that adjustment with.
0: Yeah. I loved starting the catcher on the glove side, just to force them in the beginning of the pen, just to get through their throws, a little bit mm-hmm. too how much short box stuff are you having them do with the catcher uh, up close our guys will,
1: will do short boxes probably twice a week yep. you know in addition to their bullpen they love it I mean yep. it's it's easy you move the catcher up in front of the plate you can throw it a you know a, a, a low effort where you can yep. stay healthy yep. but you're getting reps off the slope which I think is important the more you can do that the more consistent you can be yep. And, um, you know, ready for when you're, you know, you're actually throwing live.
0: I thought to clean the breaking ball up, too, to have the catcher yeah. start close on their breaking ball, just so they could hammer the breaking ball in there for a little bit and then move the catcher mm-hmm. back as they got comfortable with it, too.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a big help, big resource, yeah. big help for them. You know, okay. definitely spin the ball. It's, it's huge. Hey,
0: with long toss, are you letting them go out as far as they want? I know everybody's different on their views of long toss, but are you letting them go as far as they want?
1: Yeah, I mean, each guy, you know, can handle a certain distance. So I like to, in the fall, really get them on a on a football field where they can have a good visual of yardage and, and yes. how deep they can go throwing at it, you know, at a controlled effort where they can command the baseball. Yeah. So they get a good idea on, on you know, kind of where their starting point is and, and how deep they can actually, you know, go moving forward. So I love long toss. Um, the guys are different with when they do it throughout the week. Some guys like to do it. You know, the day they're going off the mound, some guys like to do it, you know, a different day. Yep. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm never really putting a restriction on it unless it's, um, you know, unless it's, you know, not helping them in a way or, you know, causing their arm to be more tired in certain situations.
0: Same thing with pull downs and compressing. It's up to them how they're feeling that day if they want to really yeah. get after it on the way back in
1: definitely it's it's really up to them how they feel sometimes you got to push guys hey let's get it in today I know you're not feeling so hot but this might help the body a little bit so um but yeah it's really I I like to leave it up to the individual on on how they feel that week and obviously depends on when they are throwing off the mound so it really varies
0: how are you handling the warm-up for them I mean are you getting a pretty good sweat going before they pick the ball up I like for
1: them to to get a sweat going. Um, we do a lot of, you know, catch uh, with tired legs. So um, <clears throat> I like to condition them, you know, twice a week during, you know, before we begin catch. Yep. So they can, you know, really figure out what it's like to, you know, when you are in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning to pitch yep. without, you know, your, your, your best strength. And I think that goes a long way. You know, sometimes in bullpens, I like to break it into two, you know, to two innings, I would say. And then in the, in that, you know, you know, that half where you're sitting down, they're jump roping, they're doing squat jumps, getting their legs tired, getting back on the mound and really figuring out how to pitch where you're at 85, 90%. So, and the heart you know, rate too.
0: Kind of, I mean, yeah, yeah, get the heart, heart rate, rate up and, and see if you can get it under control. Hey, with the yeah. conditioning piece, I mean, I, again, there's so many different theories yeah. on this. Are you having them run long distance or are we just doing sprint work? Are we just doing heart rate stuff? You know, what, what are you doing with different guys? Yeah, I like to
1: do a lot of shuttle work. Like we have a turf field, so we'll walk over there. We'll do a lot of shuttle work and you can do it in, you know, into sprint work. You yep. can blend that into long distance. I like them going back and forth. And um, I would say it's, it's, a, it's a mix. Um, you know, again, it's a mix. It depends on the day. Um, some days they're going they're going you know for a longer run and most days I would say it's more of a um we're doing a lot more shuttle running yep. to uh to get that endurance up.
0: What are some final thoughts before I let you go? I know you're busy, season's getting ready to start. So what are some final yeah, thoughts? Yeah, no. Um no, I just
1: really appreciate you having me. This is, you know, I have been watching this growing up and and as a as a player now coach. It's it's really cool and you know, it's an honor to be on here. Um and I'm just excited for the season. I mean, it's been you know, we were talking about it with our players the other day, you know, so half of our roster hasn't experienced a full college baseball season yet here. I mean, yeah, the COVID shutdown two years ago, last year, we were conference only. So, you know, our freshman, junior and some seniors haven't played, you know, a full college season in a while. So we're all anxious to get going here, go down South, you know, get that going and then come back play some midweek games before we get into conference play. So, um, it's, it's really exciting. Glad, college baseball is starting to, you know, experience some normalcy again. And I'm um, really excited.
0: Hey, you're going to go to five games a week now. And then we had to, de- so how are you going to handle your midweek stuff with, with your pitchers? Are you going yeah, to try to get another of- starter? Or are you going to mix it up? I thought that was always the, it, it, it varies a lot for people that don't know about college baseball at that level. Like that's a lot of games. So how you handle a midweek game is going to be completely different depending on, yeah. on what's going on.
1: Yeah, we've, Coach Carrier, Coach Faye, and myself—we've had a lot of conversation on on kind of what our approach is. We don't really have really an answer right now. Um, we've been building guys up to start, you know. So, I think um, you know what we would hope for is to have a set starter on a Tuesday and maybe staff day Wednesday. Yep. That would be the most ideal situation for you know what we kind of have on our depth chart right now. Yep. So, um. Like you like like we said before, it really never goes as planned. So that's the art, ahead. also
0: that the art. The, there's a lot of art to managing your pitching staff. It's, it's exactly. intriguing. So
1: yeah. it's always a week by week basis. Yeah. But ideally, we we would like to have you know a Tuesday guy and a Wednesday guy. But yeah. I think the way you know our pitching staff you know on paper looks like right now it would be good to have a you know a starter plus a plus a staff day on a Wednesday. A swing
0: guy too. Yeah, so. long relief guy on a weekend and. Yeah, we'll must start midweek. Yeah,
1: exactly. Cool. Exactly. So, awesome. Yeah, we'll look to
0: it. Jordan, I appreciate it, man. This is great. Have a great season. It looks like the league's gonna be really good again. So I'm, I'm excited to watch you guys. Yeah, great.
1: Thank you, Ryan. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks to Jordan for coming on with me in an extremely busy time for college coaches. We have a great group of up and coming coaches in the baseball industry. I really enjoy talking to our pitching coaches. Good luck to everyone that is competing right now. Hopefully, you stay safe this spring. Thanks again to John Litchfield, Zach Hale, and Matt Weston, the ABCA office for all the help on the podcast. Feel free to reach out to me via email rbrownley at Twitter and TikTok at coach B underscore ABCA, Instagram, Ryan Brownley17, or direct message me via the MyABCA app. This is Ryan Brownley signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks and leave it better for those behind you.